0: Off-season answers are coming fast and furious for Ohio State, but there are still, believe it or not, more questions. So, Bill Landis, let's have a talk on Tuesday. Some let's do it. Co- what's out there? I, yeah, I mean, I'm going to talk about the offensive
1: line, right? It's not <clears throat> no, 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 one, no, no, no one, no one, no one surprised by that. But I also like that's that's the that's, that's the it. thing, right? There's probably some staff stuff we can we can discuss too. But um, if you consider all of the roster moves Ohio State could have made. Um, so far this offseason, there's more offseason to come. Um, offensive line, I think, would have been pretty high up on that list for for everybody, and they have addressed it some with with the addition of uh, Seth, Seth McLaughlin, excuse me, from Alabama, um, who we think is going to be the starting center this year. And my my question on the O line is is not even so much like. Are you going to add, who are you going to add, like what positions are you looking at? It, I'm honestly at the moment more interested in what they already have on the roster mm-hmm. with Luke Montgomery and Tegra Shabola to, to be more specific. And and I have a lot of questions about that. I think maybe <clears throat> starting with whether they considered playing either of them in the Cotton Bowl when they decided they were going to make that switch to play Matthew Jones at center and then play Enoch Bamahi at right guard, which obviously did, didn't go very well. And, and I'm wondering where Tegra and Luke were, in that conversation, if they were in the conversation to sort of get a baseline, I think of where they think those two guys are as we, you know, we're in winter workouts. Now we get closer to spring ball a couple of weeks from now. Cause I, I really do believe that the answer to their offensive line questions could already be on the roster. And I also would understand if it's hard for people to like actually embrace that idea because of what happened last year when, when Ohio State like played it similarly, and then it turned out the answers weren't on the roster. Sure. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but but I I'm not anticipating any any additions on that front between now and the end of spring practice. Um, so I'm I'm focused mostly on those two young guys, Lucas second year guy, Taker going into his third year, and and whether or not they're they're ready to start. Because if you look at their recruiting pedigree and the little that they have played, I I, I think Ohio State clearly thinks highly of both of them. But how highly? Like enough for them to to be the answer to the lingering question there on the offensive line?
0: Yeah. Um- I know one of Firm's favorite things to do when I say that there are still rules in place in college football and college athletics specifically is to say, no, there aren't. There is one kind of non negotiable piece, which is that if you're going to participate in spring football, you're gonna to have to be in classes. So there yeah. is a little bit of a soft deadline for Ohio State. And you know, if if the top priority in the transfer portal on the offensive line was Caden Proctor, which I think I can fairly confidently say it was, even if there, even if it was a long shot swing, uh, with him going to Iowa. I don't. I'm not really aware of any other moves that would have fit the bill for this first portal window at this point, or anybody that's that could be in there that would miss spring practice or sitting out of spring practice like Josh Simmons did a year ago to make that move and then be ready for May. So it does feel like Ohio State has made the choice because we already know that they've aggressively pursued at other positions where they. Could have conceivably had you know stand Pat at safety stood Pat at safety. Uh, they didn't. They upgraded. Uh, you look at running back. Could have been fine. Got quit John Judkins. Yeah, like they, they've done why, this. Why not? Yeah, you know. <laughs> let's let's just let's just do it. It's for fun. You know they have done that. They've added at spots where I think in years past Ohio State probably wouldn't have. And I think we can say you look at the job, and I think you and I agree for the most part that Josh fire should probably play guard. So if you're saying it's got to be a tackle and you miss on Proctor and maybe if you're not pursuing anybody else, it is because you think that the answer could be amongst that group of Luke Montgomery or Tegra Shibola or or Josh fire. I mean, who knows Mm -hmm. if you have a second year of starting experience, maybe that, that does connect, but it does seem like to this point, Ohio state has already made that choice. And that's, they think currently the raw, the answer is on the roster.
1: Yeah, they they I they were at least interested in Chase Besantis from Texas A and M too, but there was some NIL tomfoolery there that I think made that not not even possible. <laughs> Maybe um, Russ not, Bjork
0: can solve it. Yeah,
1: not on Ohio State end, to be to be clear on, on the Texas A and M side of things. Uh, but but aside from that, it didn't really feel like they were super aggressive. Like the, those were kind of the only two names we heard. I wondered um, there was a uh, an intriguing transfer from Holy Cross named Luke Newman who was a FCS All American last year who was just kind of sitting in the portal for a while. He's from Michigan actually. And I wondered if Ohio state might look at him and I I don't think that they did. And then he ended up, I think he just committed to Michigan state, um, the other day. So he's off the board too, but it wasn't similar to last year. And and I think this will be similar moving forward because of the nature of the position. Like, I don't think there's going to be a lot of like home run offensive tackles out there in the portal every year. There might be two or three and those two or three are going to get paid a whole lot of money to go to go to to go to a a new school. (laughs) Um, And it was a little different this year because like the chase was thing was one thing. The Caden Proctor thing was like, he went home to Iowa. He was, he was homesick. Right. If he were from like Indiana or Illinois, maybe Ohio state would have had a better chance of, of, of getting him. So, so I get that. Um, But I think the fact that they weren't just like throwing out offers to every offensive tackle in the portal does, does tell us that there's at least a little bit of confidence in, in what they have here. And, and and I think there should be, or at least those guys should be progressing in a way that, that that should be the case. Like last year, it felt like they were scrambling like quite a bit to figure out what their offensive line was going to look like, um, because it was like too early. I think like Luke Montgomery is not going to start as a true freshman, and even for Tegra, who I like quite a bit, um, as a true sophomore, maybe that was that was too much to ask of him. I, I don't know, or maybe it was just that you don't really think he can play tackle; he's more of a guard, mm-hmm. um, at least at that at that point. So um, we're now a year beyond that. They're going to have more months here to get ready for for next season. I, I think it's certainly within the realm of possibility that either of those guys answers that bell and. Ideally, it'd be both of them because you want a really competitive um, offensive line room. I think you want <clears throat> to put a little bit of heat on Josh Fryer to make sure he's better than, than he was last year. I, I, I would kind of open up the whole right side for competition and, and see what shakes out there because I think you have at least three guys that you like or, or you think could do it. And then if like Carson Hens was going to play guard, probably throw him in that in that mix too. So I think that is like the most interesting position on the team as, as we get closer to spring ball. And then... If it shakes out that, that they don't think they have a guy there, then I'm, then I'm sure they will look at portal options because more guys will, will go into the portal after spring ball. The thing I am not really on alert for anymore, and I like touted this last year, is like, oh, Ohio State needs a tackle. Someone will go in because they want to go play at Ohio State. Like It didn't happen last year, but Ohio State needed a starting left tackle. Yeah, So I'm not anticipating that happening this year. Maybe there will be a really good one but I don't know that it's necessarily because Ohio state puts the bat signal out there. I I probably over overstated the influence of that last off season.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't blame you for it. It just, it doesn't feel like college football players in general are as closely monitoring roster situations as you would think that maybe they could be if they were in a situation to jump. Like they probably weren't aware. They're reading that like, Hey, well this is who Ohio state has competing at left and right tackle and that's some really good breakdown from Bill Landis over there. I don't know if I can actually beat out those guys if that's what they're going with. Like, I don't know that that bat signal really exists or, or at least it hasn't to the level of like Deion Sanders. Right. right. You know, like, yeah, you know where to like, I, even when he says that it's not like players jump into the portal who weren't like expecting to be, yeah. I just don't think they make their mind up that way. And it's
1: also like hard for, or hard to expect anyway, like really good players to jump into it. Like, I actually got Caleb Downs because Nick Saban retired. But it's not like <laughs> Caleb uh, Caleb Downs would have transferred if that didn't happen. Right? Right. There, there are high impact players in the portal every year. Quinshon Junkins is well. one of I say, oh, I just got. I'm not saying like it's never going to happen on the offensive line. I just think it's that's the position where it's least likely to happen because if there are really good like franchise tackles out there, um, one they're probably already starting. Two, they're probably pretty well compensated wherever they are starting. And, Probably feel pretty comfortable about their developmental path to get to the NFL, so I, th- I think it's hard to, to pry those guys away from other programs. All
0: right, so that's that's I'm not surprised. I I shouldn't say that. Yeah, for where we started the <laughs> show, should. I should be used to it by we now. We've been doing this long enough. That's yeah. you know, but I think that the question, like the question, is not necessarily like who's gonna who's the right tackle because we'll we'll certainly be talking about that in March and April, and mm-hmm. and depending on what happens in it beyond the, the question, I think is like more like is Ohio State done. Pursuing options in the transfer portal is this like soft deadline? Has that arrived and like the window is closed for that? And like yeah, and if and if so, you know then that answers some of the other questions that we have.
1: I mean the I, yeah, I would assume so, right? And it, cause it's not even I know Berm is – when we talked about that. Burm's like, well, Jim Harbaugh's going to leave, and then Michigan's right for the picking, mm. and that's and that's true. They they will be, um, but there's the the sticking point of the academic calendar <laughs> that that uh, maybe it'll be good for like Northwestern, I think, is on trimesters. Maybe it'll work out well for them. But I, a lot of schools on the quarter system or the semester system, uh, I don't, I saw, I don't think can add a whole lot right now.
0: There was a guest post on on Extra Points uh, a week or two ago that was like, how many schools are on quarters and can they benefit from the transfer portal? <laughs> they, it's only like six or eight. Like Ohio State used to be. Yeah, They could have been in, in prime position for that. But um, – I don't know that that's really the answer. Maybe that's
1: the uh, number or high up on the
0: agenda list for Ted Carter and Ross Bjork is the like Ohio State on, hey, on, the, on the If, if football is driving the boat for Ted Carter at the top, <laughs> yeah, it seems like there well, let's could, make that a thing. Like could I, be an yeah. edge.
1: Go back to quarters. The thing we lobby the lobby for is Ohio State yeah. to go back to quarters so they can add players in January.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea. It's got to happen. <laughs>
1: All right,
0: so that's that. That's the players. Then it's got to be the staff after that.
1: Yeah, like what are you what are you doing with this this extra spot that's still available to you because um, if you're effectively replacing Corey Dennis with Bill O'Brien, then you've, you've yet to do anything with this, the Parker Fleming spot. And, and we've had long conversations and, and over multiple weeks about what exactly that needs to look like. Um, I'm a little surprised at this point that there's not more, more clarity on, on that. Um, and I suppose there doesn't have, like once you pass the initial crunch of like people coaches like flying across country, going all over the place. Like I I do guess you can be uh, a little more patient um, after that point. It's this, this is pushing the realms. I think of, of being too patient perhaps when you're (laughs) trying to fill that spot. But um, yeah, is it, is it defensive line? Is it James Laurenitis? Is it, I I would hope it's not a full-time special teams coordinator, but it could, but is it like, I I guess maybe the, the overarching philosophical question for Ryan day would be like, how important is it to you? for your staff to be balanced because it has been imbalanced, if I'm not mistaken, every year he's been here. And he's part of that, right, because he's an offensive-minded head coach. Like that part you kind of can't help. But there's not been, in my opinion, much of a concerted effort to make sure you're making up for that with, with your staff hires, and he has an opportunity to um, correct that this offseason. He's not done it yet. I really hope he does it, but I would like to ask him, like, how, how much of a priority is that for him as he thinks about what he's going to do with that spot?
0: Yeah, and he's all – I mean, it's – this also isn't, like, a new question to be posed to him. Like, he's – I said over and over that I thought there needed to be maybe more urgency in December, and that proved out to probably be incorrect on my part. But if you are taking the biggest swings imaginable for the last spot, which, like, the ideal dream candidate, and I've said it before, is somebody like Jason Taylor or Jason Taylor himself, who you view as being able to take over from Larry Johnson when he retires whenever that exact moment comes uh, down the road, which it will come inevitably. Uh, if even Nick Saban has to retire, then Larry Johnson will have to as well. So, yeah. you know, you don't get to do it. They, they don't have that,
1: that that one to fall back on anymore. Like, how, how come Nick Saban doesn't ask when he goes yeah, to retire? Yes,
0: well. that did happen. <laughs> so, like, it, can, you, can you connect on that? I mean, so far it seems like every massive opportunity that Ryan Day has tried to grab has worked out his way will that happen with the defensive line spot? I I don't know the answer because Ryan Day has to answer that. And then the other candidate has to answer that. And then the finances have to work out and the career path and and the people and personalities like those things all still exist. Like it isn't a fantasy team. It's not a fantasy coaching staff. Not every ideal scenario is going to work out for, for reasons that may have nothing to do with actual desire or mutual interest. Like that's, that's the hard part of the job. And sometimes I guess just for myself, you look at it and say, well, just do this now. Do it in December. And and that's not reality. And it's it can be unfair to ask that. And I'll, I'll freely admit to that part of it. Like, it is still Ohio State. It is still a great opportunity. And having that one spot and that amount of money should allow Ryan Day to do, do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I guess I'm still not entirely clear on – which is your question, what that is that he thinks that has to be. Because if a special teams coordinating position is in the works, which I'm not suggesting that it is or reporting that it definitely is, but if they're going to re- interview somebody like that, in addition to trying to find someone like Jason Taylor or a Jason Taylor himself, and you still have James Laurinaitis, like, those are still a lot of options on the table, and it's hard to make the pieces fit because – if James Laurinaitis goes into the office tomorrow and says, I've got to be full-time now. I love being on the road. I want to lead the linebackers. Well, Ryan Day would have to say yes to that, I imagine. Yeah. Like, you cannot lose that person. No. So, you know, I get, it is – they're all tied together. And then that's not a fun puzzle to always have to put together because, we, we've as we've said all along, like it's got to be exactly right this year because of what's at stake for Day specifically.
1: Well, that that's why, like, any – and like, again, like we don't have any indication of this. Just like while no, while nothing has happened with it, I guess it remains a possibility that he could find that he could hire a special teams coach similar to what the structure has been the past couple of years of Parker Fleming, and that would be shocking to me only because of the urgency of the situation. Like I just, I don't think that's the best um, alignment of your staff. I don't. I actually don't know, like the inherent value of that position in college football feels rather small. Like I, no, I, I, I don't. I just don't know why you would want to do that when you can. Kind of double dip with a with a certain position coach, while also strengthening your defensive staff, both like on the field and in recruiting. So, like I think that's the way it has to be. Um, I think that's the way it'll ultimately be. But as we continue to go, like, you know, on and on with that spot not being filled, what one taking as long as it took to like officially fire Parker Fleming, and then two not like really f- filling it immediately. And maybe maybe I'm just an impatient person, but. Um, <laughs> It does make me a little nervous, I think, about what's going to happen with that spot.
0: Again, like, school is back in session. You're in the middle of workouts. You're, you know, you're building a plan to go into spring practice, which is just five, six weeks away Mm -hmm. now uh, as Ohio State starts before, you know, spring break. So that first week of March, like, it's not like you can wait forever to do it. There are soft deadlines, like, just as as it is with the transfer portal and the players, you're going to build a roster. You're going to build a coaching staff. Like, You have to know who that is. That's to the benefit of the players, and it's to the benefit of the rest of the staff that's coming together. So, you know, the way that it's structured with a February signing period no longer really being relevant outside of Ohio State, getting somebody late in the game, but that's, you know, an isolated one or two situations per year, or been other years where that's zero for Ohio State, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. You know, you don't have to base it around the recruiting calendar for February anymore. So, I know that the, you know some of the other contracts were written so that they expire in January 31st, but so that, that clarity could come in this week or in the next two weeks. But it's to me, it's got to be done by February. It's not something that you can just continue to let linger. So there are, there are some of this has to be resolved.
1: Yeah, and I guess there could be like an NFL name or two in, in that mix, right? Given Ryan Day's track record, he likes he likes looking there, and and that season is like all but wrapped up as they get ready for conference championship weekend next weekend. So that could be part of it too. Like if you're Ryan day, you know, you have spots to fill. Do you want to limit yourself only to what might be available in the college pool in December? Do you want to you know, show a little patience and wait it out and then see what your options could be when the NFL st- season starts winding down? Cause I don't, I don't think I, it seems unless that person is like out of a job for some reason, I think it would be hard to like go get an active NFL coach in the middle of the NFL season. So, <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe maybe that's an option for Ryan Day too, is, as he ponders this. We'll see. Like th- those are those are two big ones, right? The offensive line, and then what are you going to do with this last spot? I think are like the the two outlying questions that I don't one one will be addressed much more immediately than than the other, mm-hmm. um, but I think are the two things that people are waiting on before they like give their full assessment of just how good this off season was. The answer is it was good. <laughs> just like how how good, how good will it be? I think it's yet to be determined by those two questions.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I'm also trying to exercise a little patience with evaluating what they mean because if, there's no guarantee with how any of this is going to work out. Is Will Howard, is he going to be Willie Heisman? I don't know. <laughs> you know. I can't say that in January. I know it's no fun. Like, it's way better to project and say, Bill O'Brien was a A-plus hire. He's going to do this and that and this with the with the offense. Like, yeah, I mean, I hope that's true for Ohio State's sake, for Ryan Day's sake, for everybody on the roster's sake who's working really hard and deserves to, you know, have some of that paid off at the end of the year. But <clears throat> I don't know. I, I haven't spent enough time to <clears> – <throat> sorry – say that's definitely going to happen. It's very emotional, though. I'm, I'm really <laughs> choked up. I'm, but I, I, Some of this does have to play out in practice, in workouts, in meeting rooms and all of it is tied up in Ryan Day's brain which i think is why he's looked like he's aged <laughs> like a president in the last you know 12 months not even just like i saw a picture of him in 2017 not too long ago and it was like oh man
1: baby face no
0: beard yeah, yeah. Like what Very what different. is what has happened <laughs> i guess that's why he I, I adapted to the beard oh, it's a nice
1: trick you can hide you hide your what, the you, weathering of your
0: face you're aging yeah. Yeah. yeah and he, and he has like so that that part i think I can say, will this work out? Everything he did, I don't know. But the willingness to do it and to, even when the questions we're asking, like how are you going to complete the staff and what's going to happen in offensive, offensive tackle or right tackle, like, that may be one case where he decided not making a move was the best move. But he's, doing, he's making so many others that I think you just grade the effort as an A. And I don't know yeah. what the outcome will be. No,
1: yeah, absolutely. That, I mean, that's <clears throat> that's true. Everything like you you make a a checklist of the things that you think Ohio State needs to do to give itself a chance to accomplish goals that it has not accomplished over the last three years. Checking the boxes doesn't mean you're definitely going to do it, but they have checked the boxes, like and and yeah. I, I think check them in you know fairly significant ways, especially on the player front, but. I know people were a little lukewarm to the Bill O'Brien thing, but I do, when you think about the resume of Bill O'Brien, like pretty impressive, yeah. <laughs> hard, yeah. hard to argue with. Um, right. Like they need the best of him to do what they want to do, obviously. That's that's true of anybody they, they, they hire. But, you know, I thought it was a, a an interesting move for Ryan Day and one where he probably like, you know, had to swallow a little bit of pride to do it, to bring in somebody who is quote-unquote more experienced than, than he is to like run – his thing now moving forward. So I would, I would check that box for sure. Um, And now we're waiting on these last two things. And and even if they're not checked in a way that is uh, deemed satisfactory by whatever your, your, (laughs) your biggest hopes and dreams were for those spots, um, it doesn't turn what has suddenly been a tremendous off season into a bad one. Um, Creates a little bit of uncertainty, I I guess, but yeah, if, if we're grading merely the effort, I think it is certainly, certainly an A and then, you know, we'll see what the results look like. I don't oh. know. A year from now, we'll That's talk right. about
0: it. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that, like, in yeah. terms of talking Tuesday, pressing questions, like that, we only have two without having to like get into minutia of Sunny Styles' position or CJ Hicks. Like, that should tell a lot. Like,
1: yeah, those are like fun questions. <laughs> like, those aren't those aren't like you need to do this. You're going to be terrible
0: questions.
1: Yeah. Um but like, in, if you said, hey, uh, like after the Cotton Bowl. On January, whatever it is, we're going to do a, t- a Talking Tuesday. What do you think we're going to talk about? I would have had a list of 70 things we're going to talk <laughs> about. And now it's like, yeah, it's kind of like two because they've addressed the other 68 pretty well.
0: Yeah, they have. Um, or or address them aggressively. Or address them aggressively. Yeah. yeah, We'll see how that transpires. But that's all we came up with for this version of Talking Tuesday. But give us another week. There might be some new ones. We'll come up with something. Yeah, we will. Because we're going to keep talking about Ohio State football all year long on the podcast daily. Thanks for spending Part of your Tuesday with us. He's Bill Landis. I'm Austin Ward. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.